Welcome back. You are with The Brecky Show on Faith FM. You're with Minnie and Renee this morning. And it is our encounter with God time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yeah. So we are in our encounter with God section, as we said. So maybe we should do a little teeny bit of a, not a blurb, what's it called? Just uh, like a rundown of rundown. like where we've been at. So we're in Ezekiel. The past few weeks we've been in Ezekiel. This is our 20 million movement Bible study. Basically, it's just a whole bunch of people all around the world, across the globe. We're looking at the same uh, topics um, that we're going through. And it's kind of nice just knowing that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. knowing that there's kind of this big, broad community who are looking at the same things, hopefully reading and discussing yeah. with people um getting I was into at, the word. sorry i was at, sorry yeah go but nah, i was at church you? and i was talking about like i was preaching a sermon i was like and as we all know because we did all, we they all did the bible study hey. along i was like yeah the story in isaiah chapter seven it was really cool for them to like yeah we all studied that like yeah you know, it, it, it means something deeper when like you're listening to a sermon maybe in church and you're like hey i studied that for myself yes and so you i, I don't know you just gain more from it i guess cause, absolutely you, know, you have the background knowledge so, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. and i think i think it's so helpful to have both right to have a bit of your own personal time yes um and then to come together and discuss because yeah. there can be things that sometimes it's just i realize that someone else is talking that i'm like oh i think i've misinterpreted that <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> sometimes it's oh i had never thought of that mm. sometimes it's just it's really nice to ch- you know to chat and and discuss and you know, maybe my mind won't be blown, but maybe it will be. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. you know, it's just just nice to hear other people's thoughts. Yeah. Um. And yeah, as you said, I've had that before. Where, um, I've been just reading something, and maybe the pastor or whoever starts to expand it. I'm like, yes, I yeah. know exactly what you're talking uh-huh, about. Uh-huh. Um, particularly like the obscure characters or pac- passages. Those are the interesting mm. ones. Yes. But yeah, so I was not um with you guys on radio last week. So Renee took you guys through this. Um, as we said, we're going through Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we're looking at, um, what is it? Basically looking at the hard way of things. Um, so let's jump on in. Uh, prophecy fulfilled. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 to 16. Isaiah is a great book, by the way. For those of you who haven't maybe had the chance to read it or you're just not really sure what it's about, um, it's kind of an interesting... Actually, Renee. Yes. Theologian Renee. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. No, so Renee is studying theology at college, uh, at uh, Avondale College, which is quite close to where we are in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And you have a year to go? I have one more semester. Woo-hoo. Hey! But, yeah, so maybe you want to give us a context for Isaiah, if you know. No, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know where to start. Where yeah, there is a lot, isn't there? <laughs> there is a lot. Basically, it's at a point where um, this is a very generalized aspect, but God's people are kind of a mess. Yes, and God is kind of calling calling them back to Himself. Yeah. And obviously, Isaiah is a prophet that He calls to do this. Yeah, that's one thing we spoke about a little while ago in yeah. in our morning Bible study that. When God says, who am I going to send to my people? Yeah. And Isaiah goes, yeah, 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 send me. And these are all the prophets. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just a bit shy earlier. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you go, go, you go. When someone says theologian, I'm like, I know nothing. Yeah. 
<laughs> there is so much out there that like it's so yeah the bible's an amazing study but the more you know the more you learn the more you're like i don't know I don't anything know. yeah um but yeah definitely during this time um this was before the israelites went into captivity right yes and so god is sending all these prophets he's sending he's sending all the you know the big guys all the all mm. the prophets to to warn the israelites to turn back and come back to him um yeah. and it's just amazing seeing god's persistence through isaiah through all these prophets hosea all these other prophets that there's plenty out, out Heaps, there hey. and the prophecies and and although despite knowing that they'll go into captivity because of their disobedience to god god always delivers a message of hope and mm. that's what isaiah brings to the table he says you know although you turn away from God, uh, God will restore you one day. Mm. He will, you know, he will t- take care of you. He will bring you back together. Yeah. So that's what we covered last week as well. Yeah, beautiful. It's a beautiful book and you're so right. Hey, okay, so let's jump in. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14 to 16. Okay. Um, so I'll be reading from the New Living Translation and it says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. By the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. For before the child is that old, the land of the two kings you fear so much will both be deserted. Hmm. Okay. So let's break that down a bit. This is actually a pretty significant passage, really, Mm. because we know just recently it's the new year. So we had Christmas Mm -hmm. and we tend to talk about that, you know, the virgin birth, Emmanuel, God with us. This is really significant. So this is a prophecy to come. Mm. About about the Messiah, but it's also to do with the kind of people themselves, mm-hmm. you know. So what does it, it just say? For behold, the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose good. Which I just find, just I'm just going to pause for a second. This is fascinating to me. The child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Mm. Right? Like I don't know if you spend a lot of time with children. They can be the most selfless, caring, beautiful little humans, or they can be <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to say naughty. Just like sometimes they blatantly know what they're doing. And when they want something, they can be very selfish and very mean to get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've met many children, like young children, who refuse the evil. Like if there's something that they shouldn't be doing, but they really want to be doing it. They, they tend to, to do what they want. They tend to do what they want. <laughs> Even if it's against what you just said not to do. Oh, yeah. They'll look at you while they do they the do thing. It. Yeah. And I'm like, the confidence you have <laughs> in this while you disobey what I've just told you not yeah. to do. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so, so and then the lamb will... The, what is this? The land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. Um, verse 17 says, The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house. Days that have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah. Um, mm. So this is kind of, I don't know, what would say, like reminding people that, uh, how do I say, there's, there's an element of conditional right here that is like, hey, the time of their power of these kings, it's it's going to be finished soon. Mm-hmm. Um, why was I going to tell you that? There was something. There was something. Condition. The tip of my brain. Yeah, it was something to do with that. It was like a conditional prophecy. Yeah, yeah. So if they were to obey God, mm-hmm. they would 
no, no, that could have been somewhere. Oh, it's just gone. It's just dropped right out of my head. <laughs> I will say, just backtracking a little, like if you're just lost into what the context we're reading, this is the yeah. sign that God is giving um, the king Ahaz mm. um, when Ahaz refused to ask God for a sign because God said, like, ask me, ask me for any sign you want. And Ahaz says, no, no, I refuse to have, you know, in a sense saying, I refuse to have faith in God says, oh, well, here is the sign. Here's um, the sign that I'll give you. And it's a prophecy. No, this is a great point. Absolutely. Like, this is a God who's like, actually, I want to share this with you. Yeah. And he's like, nah. No. You know, so I think, what is it? The verse before you started reading says, um, is it a small thing for you to worry men, but will you worry God also? Ooh. Oi. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why you got to do that, man? <laughs> <laughs> this God who wants to have all the time in the world for you and you're going to like weary him with your um, just human ways of human doing life. Disbelief and doubt. <laughs> you're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we have a question. It says, why does Isaiah mention curds and honey that the boy would have to eat? So that was in verse 15. 15. So curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Well, um, it says that the crops and the fields of Judah would be destroyed by the Assyrians. Okay, so the people, including the Old Testament Emmanuel, whoever he was, would be forced to return to the diets of the nomads. Um, but while they would be poor, they would still have enough to survive. Because if, the, if you don't have any crops from your fields, mm. I guess all you can have is the curds of, and honeys, like um, milk, milk and uh, yogurt, it says here, yogurt and honey. Yeah. So I guess despite the fact that they will be destroyed, <laughs> that their land will be, sorry, destroyed by the Assyrians, they will still have something to eat. They still, you know, God still gives them enough to. And this is a really significant. Uh, if you guys tuned in for our interview of the day, we are talking about persecuted Christians in Pakistan and around the world, but about how oftentimes they are the ones who um, – I guess receive less assistance, whether that be medical or food supplies, you know, particularly COVID, as Etienne, our yeah, Voice of the Martyrs man, was telling us um, COVID-19 has just really exacerbated that. And they're the kind of the last ones to receive help. And something that I was talking about with the church that I go to on Saturday um, this past week, we were talking about when God promises to um, fill our needs, you know, how much is that just spiritual and how much is it physical? You know, so we're looking at what we typically call the Beatitudes, right? And and there's a section where it says, you know, um, blessed are you when you're blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be filled. Hmm. And we're talking about, you know, how much is this physical and how much is is this spiritual? Because on one hand, we could go, oh, that just means God wants to give us His Spirit, da, da, da. and I think that's true. Yeah. And also, there are so many stories where you hear that God provides physical needs for people in a space when they don't have much. Yeah. And like just coming back to what we're talking about here, I just find an interesting point. It's like, as this mentions, it says they would be poor, but they would, ha- they would have enough to survive. Mm. Like God knows our needs. And this isn't about a people just being destroyed, right? God isn't a God of destruction. Mm. He's not just like, ha, suffer, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's letting them know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember someone articulating in a really beautiful way to me once. They just said, you know, a message of, what was it? A message of warning before calamity is a message of love. Ooh, okay. Right? Yeah. Because as you said, God actually knows where they're going to go, what they're going to choose, how they're going to obey or trust or not. Yeah. But he's still giving them a heads up. Mm -hmm. They can actually do what they want with that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if I'm like, hey, Renee, there's just, I know there's going to be a big car accident on your way home to da, 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 maybe choose a different route. And you're like, yeah, but nah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have that total free will to do what you want with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you see, I like that God, he's still, he's so um, persistent with his, with him still, try, he still tries so hard to, mm. I guess, um, how do you say it? Um I call his people back. He's, he's, he's mm. like, you know, you never see him ever give up and see, sort of be like, well, I know what they're going to choose. Let me just go and do my own thing. Forget about them. Mm. He's very faithful. Um, yeah, the Bible says he's faithful. Um, and so he really does prove that through these stories yeah. that we read in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, as we were just saying, you know, the, the curds and honey, um, it's just kind of an interesting thing that I pointed that out, right? That, yeah, they like have it's one enough of those, to survive. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we'll keep reading a little bit. So when was this prophecy regarding Syria and northern Israel fulfilled? I'm just going to pause again. Something I find fascinating is the way that the Bible is so full of history. Mm. Like when it points out the king, you know, in this year of this king's reign, in this year of this king's reign, when this time was happening. I think that's really helpful for us now. Part of it was for their history books, you know, for them to keep their records. Part of it is we can look back and go, huh, we can trace that back to then. Yeah. You know, can we trust the word? Mm, well, we can yeah. because you take away the Bible, you still have that history there. Historically, we can trust the Bible if you just look at it from, look at it from that perspective. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, let's. Um, I'm just going to read this out. It just says, you know, Second Kings fifteen twenty nine. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath. Oh, Piglath. Hmm, why can't I say this? Tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, came and took Ejon, Abel, Beth Makkah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, and all the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Um, and the Assyrian Empire was massive at this point in time as well um they were i guess what we'd consider what like a super power like super yeah world power yeah they world were, power they were not they were known for their cruelty though, yes. to the nations below the, to anyone they um over overtook or you know yeah ruled over they were very cruel yeah absolutely and we don't have that information right it's not like we're pre we read that pretty flat on the page yeah but people don't understand. When they took over a nation, they decimated them. They were completely destroyed. Oh, yeah. But the fact that the Assyrians attacked Israel, I mean, for them, they pla- like they should have, I guess, they should have decimated the Israelites. Mm. But here God promises, they'll, you, you guys will still have enough to eat. That's the be, thing. Yeah. yeah, he's still going. He uses this phrase often, right, when anyone is taken in ca- ta- to captivity. Because actually... <laughs> The Israelites went through captivity quite a few times. Yes. You know, under different empires yeah. and leaders. But he often talks about the remnant. Mm. Like there's still going to be a people group left. You're going to be small, mm. but I'm never going to let you completely mm. be wiped out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this prophecy 
is a time of 734 BC. So as we were just saying, historically, um, you know, the Bible has credit to it. Yeah. Um, in response to the bribe of Ahaz, Tiglath-Pileser III did what he probably would have done anyway. He smashed the northern coalition. He conquered the Galilee and the Transjordan regions of northern Israel. He deported some of the population uh, and turned the territories into Assyrian provinces. The remainder of Israel was saved when Hoshea, after murdering King Pekah, surrendered and paid tribute. In 733 and 732 BC, Tigbethaleser conquered Damascus, the capital of Syria. Then he made Syria into Assyrian provinces. So within about two years of Isaiah's prediction, Syria and Israel had been conclusively defeated and it was all over for the two kings who had threatened Ahaz. Which this seemed impossible to Ahaz when God mm. said, when Ahaz had, was mm-hmm. threatened with them because Israel and Syria were up against him. He, it says the Bible says he was shaking like trees in the wind or, yeah. yeah. And the fear that he had was like, he had, he was so scared that instead of that, he, he actually chose to turn to his enemy for help. Um, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Exactly. Mm. But, in the end, um, the prophecy that God had given actually came to pass. And these two kingdoms that Ahaz was afraid of became nothing. I just really want to draw this point. You've just reminded me. I have no idea why. You just made that comment just now that he's so scared that he turns to his enemy for like um, for salvation from mm. this thing. Uh, just recently, I was talking to some people. So let's let's bring this back to our context now. So we're not in a time where this is happening. Um, I, this is what I like to do sometimes. This is like, okay, Jesus, what's the message? And yeah. maybe this isn't the message, but this is just something I'm thinking about as we were speaking. Is we were talking about when um, the Bible says, you know, cast your cares upon Him, for He cares for you, or you know, give, don't worry, give your anxieties to God. You know, whatever. There's numerous Bible verses that talk about this, right? Don't worry, I'll be there for you. Hey, I can fight for you. Hey, you know, you don't need to have these things. And I was talking to someone about how easy it is as humans it can be for us to turn to things that can be actually quite destructive, self-sabotage, self, you know, whatever, um, when we get into those stressful times where we're like, <gasps> what am I going to do here? And we have this amazing God who's going, come, come, let me help you. And we just turn to all kinds of other things. Mm. And, you know, for some people that's going to be like a habit. It could be a really addictive, destructive substance. Mm. It could be, you know, just different relationships in whatever space that looks like. You know, we have these areas of weakness where we go to instead of finding our hope and salvation in our Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and I just – this is just a reminder, right, because I can read this story and I'm like, bro, God told you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, hold on. How many times has God told me that he's going to be there for me? Come on now. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so we have been speaking about Isaiah this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, We're reading chapter 7. Just for those of you guys who maybe are just tuning in now, and we're glad you've joined us. But we've been talking about the way God provides powerful evidence that he wants the best for his kids, um, but they can reject um, so he here in the chapter we've been reading, he's been kind of giving the heads up to King Ahaz, who doesn't really want to know about it. Mm. Um, that they're um, that's it. Yeah. The Assyrians are going to come. 
The thing about faith, right? It's easy to have faith when times are fine and everything you want is happening and Mm. life is all dandy. But it is hard to have faith when things are uncertain and you don't know the outcome. Um, I thought I was fine with faith. Mm. And then uncertain times came and I was talking to my mom and I'm like, I'm just not sure about life. <laughs> and she was like, Renee, have some faith. And um, I was like, that's you right. you right. Mm. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> you right. <laughs> you right. You right. Um, it's true faith. I have a question for you mm. because someone said this to me once. Is it faith if it's only formed in the good times? No. I'm, I'm not saying it can't be, but... I, I not them, strong. Yeah, it's not strong. Right, because they pointed this out to me and they were like, "You, oh, how do I explain it? It's like you don't know if you're going to be patient until you're in a circumstance yes. where your patience is tested. I agree. Right? I agree with that. Because I can think I'm the best person in the world when I'm hanging out by myself yeah. and I have no one else to respond to. And then when someone else is in your yeah. space and you're like, why do you do this? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Then the frustration can build and then you're like, oh, am I really so kind? Am I really so loving? Am yeah. I really so trusting? Am I really so faithful? Whatever the thing is. Yes. You know, and I do think we can build it in those times. Yes. But I actually think we have to have the circumstances where it's tested to know if it's real. But it's, it's just the way it's just, I don't know. It's like it's how diamonds are formed. It's, mm. it's the whole, it's just these yeah how you know how you refine gold is by burning it in high high extreme levels of heat and yeah. how you form diamonds is putting a coal under high levels of pressure it's just and mm. no it's the process it's the process that will create you know and the process to be honest often isn't that enjoyable Oh no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I um I'm sure I said this before during last year at some point in the show. So I not intentionally, but kind of each year I seem to end up with a theme or a goal or a big picture of something. And last year I just had this massive thing of like, what are the seeds that I'm planting? Like something's gonna grow. Like, you know, you're gonna reap what you sow. Something is gonna grow. So what are the seeds I'm planting and are they what I want, you know? Am I planting like hard work or am I planting laziness? You know, am, am I going, um, let's get this done or am I going to procrastinate? Am mm. I going to, you know, whatever the thing was. And it was just this massive, it just kind of kept popping up, kept popping up. Um, had a whole bit of a journey with that and I was just reflecting on it recently and came across this quote, which I found last year, which I think I might have shared, but if, if you guys weren't listening or you forgot, I'm going to tell you again. And they're basically saying, um, oh, how did it go? I've forgotten. But to... To the person who doesn't understand growth, the seed looks like destruction because it has to completely unfold itself, come completely undone for that shoot to grow, right? Because all the nutrients for it to be what it needs to be, or not nutrients, sorry, all the material, we'll say, is in that seed, right? I'm going to go plant a seed. The thing to make a tomato plant is in that seed, but it has to kind of break a bit, right? Yeah. And it has to become exposed and vulnerable to the elements of the soil and the rain and the sun. And is it too hot? Is it uh-huh. too wet? Is it is someone going to eat my plants? You know. Wow. Um. And I was really hit by that because I was like, I don't want to become completely undone. Yeah. That's not a fun time. <laughs> but that's where the growth lies, and that's where I think the trust or the faith is built in a real capacity. Yes. That's a beautiful analogy. You oh, just it's got me in awesome, reflection right? mode. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see it. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I think it's a really interesting thing that we, we talk about faith. Well, I have heard spoken about faith that we kind of put it in the context at times 
of almost making the word itself interchangeable with simply belief. Ooh, Do you know what I mean? Yes, oh, well, okay. well, my faith says this. Now, often that can be a lived experience too, but sometimes it can just be something that we're saying we believe in. Yes. Whereas when I look at what faith seems to be, you know, you look at the most amazing characters in the Bible, their faith, it's like this is played out in their life. Like, jo- like mm. oh, not Jonah. Noah mm. could have said, yes, God, I trust that you're going to send this rain thing that I've never seen really before. But faith said, therefore, I build the ark, right? Mm. The faith didn't just say, yes, I believe you. It's I'll act upon this belief. Like there's a lived experience in it. Mm. Faith? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know where, so you go. (laughs) No, no. Well, uh, there's a – okay. So in this chapter, God says to him uh, in the earlier verses that – Unless you stand firm, I cannot make you firm. Ooh, Making your firm, and, yes. and we learn that we have to make our firm, our faith firm in Christ. And Jesus tells a parable of the the two, you know, the two men who built their houses on yeah. a rock, one on sand and one on firm foundation. And the rain and the winds and the rivers of torrents hit both both houses yet one remains firm why because his foundation is on the rock and we know that the bible talks about you know jesus being the rock and making god and jesus our foundation and in that parable jesus also says um he who listens like Mm. hear this hear this and and um in the hebrew translation it's basically jesus is saying um who who continues to come and listen and obey and and like take on my words and believe um that's an act of faith continually coming to Jesus is an yeah. act of faith because it's not easy mm. to always come to Jesus and so just an encouragement to our listeners out there to come to Jesus uh- you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different <laughs> Question of the day. <laughs> oh, oh, that was fantastic. I love it. I love <laughs> this part of the show. That's so good. Okay, so we have a question. We actually have a few questions and we're going to get into what we're going to do a little, little bit later in the week. But today instead, what does it mean for God to give us the desires of our hearts? So in Psalms, there's a verse that says um, to, yeah, that God will give us the desires, the desires of, of our, our hearts. Heart. Um what does this mean? I was having a conversation with someone pretty recently and there is this tension that sometimes people have, feel, discuss, whatever you want to say when it's like, well, hold on, I prayed about this thing, God has promised. Uh, one of those examples, I'll just chuck out uh, an example because it was the context of the conversation we're having. Mm. It was someone who really their whole life they have really wanted um, – they really wanted to be married. They really wanted to grow up, have a family, you know, whether it was to do mission, whatever it was, they really have wanted kind of their person. Yeah. And they're like, I don't understand. Like this has been something I've longed for for always and now I'm at the point I just really don't believe it will happen. Um, we know that marriage is biblical. Is it a wrong desire then? Is it, you know, and we just kind of having this discussion I know me personally, I kind of grew up expecting I would leave Australia. I wanted to be essentially what you'd say was a missionary. I wouldn't have defined it like that at the time, but that's what I wanted to do. I never had an interest in staying. And so the discussion we had was essentially just going, um, you know, when that thing that we really have longed to do, um, me, it's not travel for travel's sake. I wanted to have a really particular purpose. But when life kind of doesn't play out the way you think it will – and it's something that you've really believed that God has put in your heart. Yeah. 
what does it mean? It's a hard one. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, I think God gives us desires in our hearts, you know. Um, yeah, there's a desire to, you know, be married. That's normal and to be mm-hmm. loved and to be valued. Um, but above all things, God has given us a, a desire to to love him as well and to mm-hmm. serve and to worship him. Um, however, living in a world, living in the real world, in, in, in a world full of sin, um, the Bible does tell us that our heart can't be trusted, right? <laughs> and so we need to renew our heart and our mind in Christ. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things about being a Christian and choosing um, to have a relationship with Jesus is allowing him to transform our hearts um, into his image, into uh, into in a character that is one uh, that is beautiful and that is yeah like in his image the way that we were created mm-hmm. so what was the question again <laughs> so it's basically what does it mean for when it says that god will yeah. give us the desire of our heart it, it's renewing our hearts and our minds in jesus i think and yeah. reading the word and um taking those struggles to jesus because they're real they're, yes they're real desires that we all have mm. um i know i have and it's it's yeah Mm. and i i totally agree with you hey there's god is a someone who um is a giver not a taker right Mm. and i think sometimes we forget that it's like you know god i've given this up for you and you don't want you know god isn't about like saying no or whatever just to like be like yeah yeah suffer with this you know but someone also pointed out to me that sometimes oh how did they explain it they were talking about a point in their life where they, yeah, there was a particular thing they had just really desperately longed for. They had prayed about it so much. And in hindsight, they went, you know what? God actually provided all of these things. It just didn't look like what I thought it would. Wow. You know, and so for them, the context of family, they were like, well, God reminded me that he is my family. Mm. And then they were, you know, in a community where there was family. Wow. Um, Sometimes it looks different. 